December 25th, 1914. Months into the First World War, Silent Night can be heard from the trenches of German and British soldiers, which started as carols turn into a brief truce to celebrate the holiday together. A moment so bizarre that it was believed to be a hoax. For our first ever Christmas special, we get into the amazing story of the Christmas truce of 1914. Every time I want to start, I hear like jingling. <laughs> There's always that hesitant pause as the folly around you dissipates. I know. And it's everything, everything be dead quiet. You can hear a pin drop as I'm getting the microphones and things ready. And then just as soon as we start recording, we just, we hear Ziggy go off on a tangent. Of everything something. happens. Everything happens once we're ready. Everything happens. Uh, suddenly there's, there's two guys carrying a pane of glass across the street. Yeah. <laughs> just ever so conveniently. Someone lands on a piano, anvil drops out of the sky, you know. all the cartoon things happen. Oh, you know. Anyway, so thank you everyone for listening. This is the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsay. And I am Joseph Shannon. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming back and thank you for coming aboard if this is your first one. Yes. And this is our first Christmas special. Yes, it is. Yes. So we're it- going to do some Christmassy themed. Christmassy themed things. Yes. That would go wholesome this time. Okay. It's, a pretty, nice. it's as wholesome as, as a war story can get, I think. Yeah. Okay. Considering. Uh, but if you want to check out our back catalog, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And if you would be so kind for Christmas, I would like a rate and review from yes, you guys. Please. It would, help, it would help us out so much. And like it'd help us get up in that algorithm. It's kind of like YouTube, but it's a little weirder. It's a little weirder. It's a little weirder. You'd only be so kind. <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Phantom Jukebox underscore. You can follow on Facebook, Phantom Jukebox, all one word. And Instagram, Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Yes. So, uh, I hope I, uh, hope everybody is uh, going to have a great Christmas. This is our uh, last episode of the year. Oh, man. So That just hit me. Yeah, right? That's weird. Yeah. And it's episode five. Five being my favorite number, actually. Really? I don't know why. I think it's the little hat. (laughs) (laughs) Upside down too. I don't know. Uh, But anyway, so for a Christmas special, I thought we'd go, like I said, that would go wholesome and talk about the Christmas truce of uh, 1914, which is like the beginning. It happened in the beginning of the First World War. Wow. Yes. That's a little while, a little while ago. It, it, It was. It was a little while ago. I wasn't there. I, I, I don't think we were the, not even the concept of a concept yet. Yeah. In 1914. You know, going back and doing stories like this, like, puts into me, uh, I, you know, doing the research for this one, I got put into a lot of perspective of when things happened and how far, like, yeah, how not long ago certain other things happened in this. Exactly. Especially we're going to talk about, like, how they actually fought, you know, how wars were fought before this. Just a little bit. Yeah. And then getting into, you know, the significant part of this, which uh, we'll get into. But uh, uh, 
So to two because this story happens in like the it happens December twenty fifth, nineteen fourteen, which is like five ish months into the beginning of World War One. Yeah. So because it happened so early, I, I kind of wanted to do like a super brief recap of like how they got there. Okay. Then we're gonna talk about I mean, I've got a bit of a I did my best to put this just in a timeline uh from like earliest to, you know, where we're gonna get to. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, trench warfare, what that means, what that was like. Wow. Uh, it sounds as bad as trench warfare sounds. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing good about that. That's, that sounds good at all. No. Uh, it's The trenches themselves were, you kind of basically had to pick between like bullets and like rats. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So we're going to be on like the Western Front. So basically like Belgium, uh, Northern France, I believe. Wow. Some brisk areas. Not like the tundra, but cold. Proper cold. Proper cold. Proper, proper cold. Proper cold. He's British back. and Germany. Uh, yeah, Belgium. It's like a weird... Belgium's French, mostly, right? Hmm. It's like a French kind okay. of situation. I don't, I don't know. I know that's where Jean-Claude Van Damme comes from. And uh, Christopher oh. Lambert. Okay. The Highlander. The Highlander. It can be only one. Such a good movie. The first <laughs> one. The second one. But uh, anyway, so we're going to get into the beginning of World War One. Let's just dive straight in. Okay. Okay. All right. So World War One was an international conflict that began on July 28th, 1914. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's when it started and it ended the 11th of November, 1918. Wow. So, I didn't realize that it was only four years. Yeah, I don't that, know why a world war, it seemed like it was longer. I mean, you would think we're just like mobilizing the troops and getting them into one area would yeah. take forever. We don't have fighter jets. So things no, take no, no, longer. No. Yeah, we're talking, per- I don't even know if they had, uh, maybe towards the end of this, we had like propeller, like dog, yeah, propeller like dog fights. It's where like the Snoopy and Red Baron type yeah. uh, biplane stuff comes from. I didn't get it so much into that because it wasn't quite, you know, super uh, relevant, relevant to, this. to this specifically. But yeah, we're talking propeller planes. Uh, we're going to get into the kind of guns they use just a little bit, Ooh, just, uh, just yes. a little bit. So just to read, just to state, this is a very, very general burn through of World War One history. It's so fascinating. It's so dense. But to keep this thing from from bleeding into the next year, I yeah. had to like I had to pick and choose what was directly relevant. I mean, we should also have just learned it in history class, but it's nice to have a refresher because you you're kinda probably going to touch on things that we I don't remember from high school. I don't remember hardly any of it from high school. Oh yeah, no, I would uh, uh I would fail a yeah. fifth grade history <laughs> test more than likely, but they can't write a check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or pay rent, which I think should be a class. But, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so World War One, it would involve um, like a much, if not almost all of Europe, Russia. Uh, the United States doesn't get in till later. So the troops we're talking about in this story <clears throat> are, are going to be mainly British, French, and German. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the United States doesn't become involved till later, uh, but they do. Turkey gets involved, and it could be fought, uh, be fought as far as like the Middle East, Africa, and Asia. Okay. So it is just like pretty much just like on the other half of the world. Like this yeah. thing took place. And it's just 
so much happened. So many millions died. Yeah. And also, too, another thing to note, um, it's not like today uh, where the military is pretty, it's pretty much a career you can do now. Oh, like definitely. Getting into the military. And it's, yeah. a, it's a good career. But for these guys, uh, it's you're, no, get in the truck, you're going. Like yeah, they you just get drafted. They're not swaying you with benefits and no, <laughs> no college career options. No, no. Uh, actually, uh, my grandmother was telling me that uh, my great grandfather. This is World War Two, rather. But yeah, uh, during like the beginnings of like World War Two, uh, they would there was just trucks that pulled up because they were at the movies with their dad, my great grandfather, and like these trucks pulled up. And basically said all the men in that building needed to report to the buses because wow. they're getting shipped to Jacksonville for processing. That's crazy. So it's not like it's like it's not like uh you know we'll see you in the morning. It's like no now get in the truck now. Jeez, that's yeah. So these these guys are just like you know this isn't voluntary. Your your gun is put into your hands and you're sent out to where you need to be. Wow. So keep that in mind as well. All right, so now we're going to get into that's kind of a general overview of okay. World War One. So now we're going to get into the settings that take us to our the trenches we're going to be winding up at. Yeah. So, what kind of starts this whole thing? What starts? What they say is like one of the there's other conflicts that happened, but the one of the most notable ones that probably broke the cam, you know broke the camel's back was June twenty eighth, nineteen fourteen. Uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand is assassinated. Okay, he is an Austro-Hungarian heir to like the throne. Like, wow, you know, he was he was very 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 important, and he was killed by a Bosnian Serbian named. Sorry, I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, it's G A V R I L O, Princip, P R I N C I P, Gavrilo Princip. Okay, it's that sounds correct. I hope so. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry I got his name wrong. It's like you started World War One. I. I don't know how sorry I am. Okay, yeah. I don't know. We can get his name wrong. Maybe. Uh so Austria, Hungary blames Serbia, and basically you've got these two places getting ready to fight, and then all like these people are friends with bigger people that are friends with bigger people, and pretty much these two people getting into a fight causes other countries that are obligated by like alliances to get involved. Wow. So it's like a domino effect between, I mean, they're not necessarily small, but I mean like eventually we're getting into like Britain and the United States. I mean, that's yeah, that's how you start a world war. Yeah. I mean, it's like smaller countries, whoever is the ally of those two countries, they just keep tagging on and then the whole world is involved before you know it. Yeah, and it's just like, I'm going to call my buddy and we're going to get in on yeah. this. You know, we're friends, right? We'll show up here at noon. <laughs> um, so there is a bunch of, basically that starts a whole thing, uh, which is known as the July crisis, which kind of like, okay. is, you know, it's, you know, I almost had satellites. <laughs> but no, no, uh, not, not yet. Not lining up. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, phones are ringing. People are getting called. Uh, July 28th. So, but almost yeah, just a month later, nineteen fourteen, uh, Austria Hungary declared war on Serbia. Okay, so it's like you killed our guy. We're coming. We got you. We got you. Uh, Russia came to Serbia's defense by August fourth. 
and then from there, Germany, France, and Britain would also become involved. So wow, Austria, Hungary, Germany, you know, those are pretty much, you know, they're, they're together. Yeah. And then France and Britain, I believe would be on the other side. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So that we mentioned that earlier, I, I've got my, got my notes. I went a little bit out of order on that one. But so November four, uh, November 1914, I don't have an exact date, but it's November 1914, the Ottoman Empire, Germany, and Austria formed the centralized power, or the central powers. Uh, yeah. April 1915, Italy joined Britain, France, and Russia, and Serbia as the allied powers. Okay. So it's pretty stacked on one side. Yeah. I mean, Germany's like pretty robust, but I mean, you have Britain and Russia. Yeah. That's and then us eventually. Then us eventually, yeah. Oh man, I highly encourage like if you're if you're into history to get into like why World War Two happened, and it's from being uh. very very bitter, obviously about World War One, but like basically like their Germany's economy got crushed and stuff, and it leads to something. Yeah, so many things got put in place for things to happen. It's insane. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's so fascinating. <clears throat> All right, so later in 1914, uh, the German army pursued the Western Front by invading Luxembourg and Belgium. So the Western Front is where we're going to be spending a lot of our time. Okay. Um, and pretty much there. Uh, so in doing that, they get a lot of the industrial regions of France. Like Germany rolls into France. Like they, a lot of, the, a lot mm. of their stuff gets messed up. I don't really know how else to put yeah. it. Yeah, just wreaks havoc. Yeah, no, they just are we in the trenches yet at this point? Uh, so we're leading up to it, okay? So, um, yeah, so what that's November, yeah, so we're it's November, this is a month before our stuff takes place. So, the German advance, uh, so basically, we've got people trying to get to they really want to get to the North Sea really bad, okay? They're actually it's called the race to the sea, wow, to get control of that area, and basically just have like you know, where your ships can come in and stuff. But it was very important tactically to get to that point. So um, basically what we would have is like, if you looked at the map of like, you know, you got one side on, you know, the central on one side, the allied on the other, it's just two parallel lines going straight up. Wow. Like, like almost dividing this, like uh, the Western front in half, like that, that huge plain area pretty much. Yeah. So uh, Pope Benedict the Fifteenth had just ascended into papacy. This is talking about like the it sucked to be this guy at this moment. Yeah. So Pope Benedict the Fifteenth had just gotten the position of Pope, nice. just ascended to uh, papacy during the outbreak of the war, and on December seventh, he tried to like appeal to the the uh, the leaders on either side to like you know, have some kind of truce to like, hey, can can we talk about oh. this? Right? Uh, I think one of the things he specifically wanted was um, the quote from him was he wanted that the guns may fall silent at least upon the night of the angels sing talking about Christmas. Okay. Uh, the Pope hoped that the tr- like the trying to set up that truce would buy some time for them to talk it out. Yeah. So even like the Pope wanted like, hey, can, can we not do this now? Like, can we not do, do it at, at Christmas? Because it's so important. I, I mean, all yeah. of, a lot of Europe uh, celebrates Christmas. Um, but uh, yeah, the world leaders weren't. The, the leaders on either side were like, nah, nah we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. All the people at the top were like, nah, we're just going to go for it. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I just I try to imagine being in Benedict's shoes where it's just like, all right, man, I get the hat, I get the staff, I get this dope, <laughs> I get this dope office. This dope Pope office. This, this dope Pope office. And like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> What's happening outside? <laughs> the Germans. <laughs> Who? Who? Where did they come from? Oh, man. Uh, that's just, I, I've walked into some like uh, some hornet's nests at like work before trying to like, just walking yeah. into a new project to straighten it out, but I couldn't imagine trying to fix the world. A world war. A world war. The, the first ever yeah. world war. It's not like we have any, any experience to fall back on. No. No. That was... I, I don't envy him. Uh, so, we got through that. So, I wanted to get into uh, what trench warfare, warfare is, and this is really, really important to okay. what happens to our story because this is pretty brutal stuff. All right, so a lot of pre-World War I battles were fought just like out in the open. Yeah. Uh, due to like the technology they had at the time. So like you're, I don't think it was necessarily like the, what do they call the, Neo, uh, the Napoleon style warfare where it's like dudes lined up on either side and it basically becomes a race of who can reload the fastest. Yeah, and who has the most men. Yeah, just to spare. Yeah, let's say you have like, you know, 12 guys, uh, you know, three rows of four on either side. And basically what you would do is like the first row would like kneel and fire. And then you just basically like. I don't know, it's like bowling. How many how many dudes yeah. can you knock out in one volley? And then you just keep rotating, man. Like there's a lot of like civil, uh, a lot of uh, like Civil War, like early America war uh, wars were fought like that. Yeah, I mean. And you got to think marching as a battalion. Yeah. Like just thinking to yourself, oh shit, I'm in the front. If we're doing this whole kneeling thing, I know I'm going to be like the first one to go out. Or, That's gotta... or you're the guy in the back going, oh, thank God I should have. <laughs> thank God I was late today. Oh my God. I had to stop for a piss on the way in. Actually, it's one of the reasons. Might they... save my life. They say that's one of the reasons we we did so well in a lot of the fights is because like the the British were still using that method, yeah. And we went straight guerrilla, yeah, like shooting for bushes and stuff. That's that's how you got to do it. We didn't have the amount of people as they did. <laughs> yeah. Fight me like a man, you bastard! No, <laughs> I'm somewhere off in the bushes. <laughs> Why are the trees speaking redneck? <laughs> I say I don't understand what that bush is saying. <laughs> but um, one of the things, so put it going back to talking about putting this timeline into some kind of perspective. Um, I did not realize. So we're 1914. Yes, uh, we are not incredibly far from musket rifles yet. Oh yeah, no, no. And I was thinking, you know, you think like, oh, those are ancient. But like, it's just literally, it was the eight, you know, the 1800s, 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I did a little bit of researching into that and found out that muskets stopped being used in the military uh, between 1860 and 1870. Yeah. So like, what, 40-ish years? Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> that long ago. The bolt action rifle like they were using, which uh, I don't think it was the, the Grand was World War II, I believe. Um, the M1 Grand. Yeah, that's World War Two. I'm not quite sure what they used in World War I. I think. But I don't remember. Uh, I know the Henry repeating rifle was 
amongst one of the two of them, but I'm not sure if it was World War One or World War Two. I, I would have been. That was a good turning point for us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so some 40 years ago, they were still using muskets in the military and uh, eventually were replaced by the modern bolt action rifles and bullets that are actually like together. Cased. Yeah. Like it's actually been a shell. So if you don't, so muskets, if you're unfamiliar, you basically have a metal tube with the hammer in the back. And it's kind of like literally what you would imagine an old timey cannon being like. Yep. It's literally a hand cannon. Uh, you take your, you literally have a bag of, like instead of like everything being in like one shell, you basically have like it's scattered amongst your belt like trail yep. mix. Yeah, it so you, basically is. You just have like a bag full of like this super flammable powder that you, you pray to God that it didn't rain that day. Yeah, and you pour that down the tube. Then you put paper down, like paper wadding, and then you put like your ball, which is is actual a ball of lead. Yeah, Can you imagine just walking around with like ten shots. It would oh, be man. like a pound. It's literally like, and I mean, like lead weights for fishing. Right, right. I mean, just a pack of them. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's dragging your pants on the ground. I wonder how many they did carry around, because they probably weren't expecting to get that many shots off. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? I think it took literally, if you were decent at it, let's say middling range, so powder, paper, ball, and then you would take a rod that's built into yeah. the gun and pack it in all together then you click the hammer back put a priming cap yep. onto it and then fire and that's one <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's, that's one round that's one uh rinse and repeat and if you're decent at it you did it in under a, you did it in a minute so a round a minute and yeah that's and if, it's if you did it right pray to god you don't miss that first shot because you're you probably would. not going to get an, another one after uh because rifling didn't happen ha rifling basically like yeah the, the barrels that are like kind of like drilled down. It's kind of like a screw, but it's kind of like a long, drawn out kind of yeah. screw down the barrel. The grooves down it. Yeah, that spin the, the bullet to make it more yeah. accurate. But these are balls. Like these are actually yep. just lead crude balls being shot out like a cannonball. Like lead marbles. If you've ever shot like an airsoft gun and just watch it like just like, yeah. you know, spin up. Well, that's why they usually said don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. It's <laughs> literally meant they have to be close enough. <laughs> That you can see the whites in their eyes to be able to actually hit them with these things. That's how inaccurate it's it is. It's called a rifle, but we might as well say shotgun. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, we're not long far from that. And, like, in the military, that would have been advanced, you know. So, uh, tactics have changed, but we're not, we like, not what we know today. So, yeah. like, it's still, like, uh, a lot of like troops on the ground. That's the primary contact yet. Tanks will come later and tear gas will come later, but they're not here yet. They'll come in the next like two years. Yeah. Drones big... not far off. Drones, you know, <laughs> maybe 10 years before drones in 1914. She's just some guy with like paper wings. <laughs> I see the enemy admiral. Man, the drones. It's just a guy. No, it's just a guy in a kite. <laughs> and like the equivalent of like a, a solo cup tied together with strings to communicate. <laughs> Do you hear what they're saying? You're, bre you're breaking up, Admiral. <laughs> oh, they just cut the string. Um, what did enter at the uh, the uh, the war zone at this time was uh, heavy artillery. Ah, oh. so we've got like bigger machine guns, but they weren't like compact in yet. Like, yeah, they weren't like a. You know, when we say, say machine gun, like 
it's a big thing that takes multiple people to operate. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. They haven't worked it out to being like a, a individual person thing yet. I think they were still rolling cannons at that point too. Uh, some kind of some form of that. Yeah, they'd be like big shells. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now, so yeah, so the main part of it would be like guys crossing the field, and we, like I said, there's no tank. Uh, so this became very. It was a very slow process to get from point A to point B. Yeah, if you were to try to advance across the battlefield. And you would just, if you weren't, I mean, even if you were careful, you just lost so many dudes, so many dudes. And not to, not to mention, in between you and the enemy is just tons of barbed wire and just everything and its mother in the way oh, yeah. to especially, get to the other side. Especially if they had time to prepare. Oh, yeah. I don't think landmines enter the game yet, though. I don't think so. I don't think they would have gotten there yet. Definitely World War II. Yeah. I don't think they're there in World War One yet. Uh, tear gas plays a big part, like like in the 1915 and onward, though. Mm. Like it's nasty. Yeah. Talking about people. I mean, like not that like tear gas has ever been an elegant, or sorry, gas has ever been an elegant weapon. But basically, these are people going. I don't know. It makes them cough a lot. Yeah. They're not yeah. even like efficient at like killing people with that yet. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's just a lot of suffering. It's just all of this is so bad. But even for like the next generation. Like their kids, a lot of that has been passed on. Like especially, uh, I'm not sure much about World War One, but I know World War Two especially. There was a lot of after effects and birth deformations, and things getting passed on to kids that their parents were in World War Two. Oh, just from the exposure. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, Agent Orange from uh, yeah. Vietnam. Terrible. Yeah. So. Uh, so bo- so basically to kind of counteract just getting mowed down so instead of it just being you know what you'd imagine of just like both sides running across the fields and you know bayoneting each other and things like that yeah instead what they did was they got into what we you know as trench warfare where they dug these kind of like long uh long and kind of deep like dugout type things like exposed tunnels yes it's like yeah it's the best way to play it's a tunnel without a roof yeah um there's the ceiling yeah how did you make this without a ceiling so basically the the these trenches wouldn't be in like straight lines either though they'd be like strategically zigzagged um but like when i was talking about earlier if you were to take like I, i saw some maps of like both sides like trying to get to the ocean wow and like yeah you, there was just like these lines that would, uh, I mean, cause no line is going to be perfect anyway, especially if it's going to be dug crudely and like by a bunch of scared people. Yeah. Uh, especially, um, these lines like get wider and narrower and it's almost like waveforms. Like they get really, really close to each other and then they can get like really, really far apart. Uh, but you know, roughly there's 475 miles of, uh, trenches dug. From point wow. A to point B on the Western Front. That's crazy. 475 and, miles dug in hard, cold ground. And by people who are just scared. By, by people. by These are by the soldiers yeah. that are there. They didn't hire subcontractors. No, no, no. To come out with backhoes and excavators. This was no. just while like, and, in uh, the midst of fighting. You dig a hole or you die. Like, help. 
help form a wall to right. keep everybody else and yourself away from the bullets. Right. Yeah. It's just hand dug 475 miles. That's crazy. Uh, it's some of them. It's that's if you put like all of them together. Like I said, they're not all one continuous trench and they're not all in straight lines. They're kind of like in these weird yeah. patterns to kind of throw people off. They're done. They're done in a way as to where like they can't advance, but it's kind of like just like digging out with like a spoon pretty much. It's, yeah. It's very, very slow going. They stretch from the English Channel to the Swiss Alps. Wow. Uh, for those of you who are more familiar, familiar with maps. Um, these would be the primary form of combat until like 1918. And things would change. Like to counteract this, like tanks become a thing. Yeah. And like tear gas and gases and things like that. So uh, this was pretty much like the, the early. Yeah, like the first like three-ish years of the war was fought like in trenches. Wow, that's that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um. So to, so going back into like how these things would like weave, and uh, kind of weave in and out. Like if you look from the top, like how close they could get. Some of them from like if you just took the farthest points, could be three hundred yards uh, apart. I'm sorry, I didn't do the conversions on those. Yeah. Uh, it's like roughly a hundred meters, right? It's like a three to one type thing. Try to give everybody a reference. It's I think three hundred yards is roughly a hundred meters, something like that. If you can imagine across, yeah. And then they can get as close as thirty yards. Wow. Which I don't know what that what was that be like ten meters something like that. They could get that close together, which is going to play a big part in what we're going to talk about later. Yeah, the caroling especially. Uh, as you can imagine. They had hot baths every day, uh, a warm cooked meal. Uh, oh yeah, hot every cocoa day. dispenser. Uh, it would suck when they run out of the French vanilla creamer. Yeah, that was probably the worst part. Yeah, that was definitely the worst part of working in a no. Uh, yeah, these trenches were terrible. They were. Yeah, there was awful, awful conditions. A, they were cold. Uh, I couldn't find an exact like what the weather was like at that time. And the closest I could get was like what it's like in what it's like in Belgium in like the winter time, and it gets down to the forties and maybe wow. a little colder, uh, which is three Celsius uh, for those who go by that in the winter time. Jeez. So I mean, five months of that, you know, just imagine yeah. it. Like your feet are like constantly wet, and we're not. They don't get like rubber boots. I mean, maybe your officers have like a nice leather boot situation, but we're not talking rubber boots. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, proper raincoat gear and stuff like that. They're out there in like winter coats that are just constantly wet, constantly cold. There's frost, there's snow. Um, you know, they still got to dig. So they're going to be sweating underneath all that. I mean, I would, I would venture to think that a big, like factor in this is just hypothermia and losing limbs like losing fingers and feet oh they do there's yeah a, there's a term for it um so yeah tons of water muddy ground and like because the trenches were deep and because we're talking like we're getting close to the ocean so the ground just progressively gets you know there's a lot of water under the ground uh they the trenches would be about three to six feet wide so imagine the narrowest being three feet Wow. Which is like narrower than your average doorway. 
and then just like having to navigate that with your gear and like remember to keep your head down or you're going to die wow yeah like that like some people lived in like these like three foot wide ones because it's as far as they could like dig and you know and keep going to be efficient and that's what they would like live in for weeks at a time like that's all your space wow you're a prisoner into this because if you look up you literally die because everybody is just waiting to pop you as soon as they get a shot Jeez. yeah so three to six feet wide or one to two meters wide and usually nine feet or three meters at their deepest because they would be in levels. Uh, it wasn't just like straight nine feet all the way across. Like they kind of like ebbed and flowed to like allow them to get to like different like uh, connecting trenches and stuff like that. Yeah. So there would be different levels to it. And imagine when it rains too. You just made a well. Oh. So you're just, you're just knee deep in something that's not going to drain. You know, the water's got nowhere to go except for in your boots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then also on the tops of these things, they'd be like sandbagged and like barbed wire, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, just to like just extra reinforce it. They would put like um, wooden beams on the ground to make some kind of like a flooring or like a solid, almost kind of like a bridge, if you will. Yeah. So just have like a good footing. But I mean, even, I mean, that's as good as it's going to be. Yeah. That's still like a two by four laid in the mud. In that time, though, that's luxury. Yeah. Uh, these boards would be called duck boards, so they could try to keep their feet, but keep the uh, an attempt to keep their feet dry. Um. So, uh, going back to what you were saying with losing limbs and fingers and stuff, one of the biggest ones, and it's not so much frostbite. We're forties is cold. I mean, that's yeah. prop. It's getting pretty cold. I mean. Maybe not for like a little while. I mean, you go outside, you can deal with that in like shorts, whatever, for a little while. Yeah. But that's what these dudes lived in. There's no going into a house. Yeah. There's no making a fire. There's no, it's just, you know, you're cold. Oh, I'm sorry. Deal with it. It's just, you are 40 degrees now. Yeah. That is, that is your temperature. That is, yeah. there's no getting warmer. No. Have a good night. Dream of a beach, I guess. Um, one of the biggest things they had to deal with was, uh, you know, you've got rats, obviously. You've yeah. Got, uh, lice were a big problem just from like the inability to stay clean. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're taking baths or anything like that. You know, I can't imagine losing any layers with how cold it was. But because you're just constantly on the go, constantly on your feet, and constantly having them wet, you would get French foot, mm. which is pretty much your foot being so wet, so cold, so long that like your foot literally starts to rot off yeah like and plus you're wearing your like imagine like and one of the symptoms is numbness like it gets like tingly and then it just goes away after a while so like you could be like you know let's just say like you're just i don't know i don't i don't know how long it would take let's just say you're just at this for days and you finally get like you know a reprieve to sit down and like calm down or something like that you take your foot your foot off and like your toes go with it oh uh, you know? yeah you wouldn't feel it it would be like a um yeah because the nerves are dead and it's not like it's a painful rotting away it's i mean i'm sure you feel it for a while they say it felt like tingling wow and it's a lot like the aftermath is a lot like frostbite because it's just like this thing is getting inflamed and, just, and rotting from like the feet up that's crazy yeah so um yeah the longest i've had i've I mean, I've had to like do some like tech stuff, like working at like a theme park 
yeah like, my feet were wet for like eight hours uh, like like an eight hours straight so i finally yeah. got my uh i was working on like a an ice thing so like i finally got my boots off because they were like heavy duty boots and stuff like that and like the skin on the bottom of my feet i could like scrape off a little bit with my finger just like yeah just kind of rake my finger across it so just imagine that about a billion times worse yeah that's awful. no joke at all uh so for a more uh technical description of that trench foot is a type of foot damage due to moisture its initial symptoms often include tingling or itching and progress to numbness wow so then it's just like ah my foot my, it's just like ah my feet are itchy must be lice so then numbness at the end you're like oh i'm glad it finally went away maybe i mean i imagine you're not necessarily paying attention to what your toes are doing when you're getting yeah, shot yeah uh, probably probably not you know probably uh, your feet may become a blue or reddish color. As the condition worsens, the feet can start to swell and smell and then decay. Oh, so it's like uh, complications may include skin breakdown or infection. So, or your foot falling off. That's a complication. Yeah. So one of the notes I have um, for this was that uh, these guys, when they were sent out there, they remember not, you know, they were forced to be out there. You know, like you're going to fight for your country. Yeah. Smile about it. Um, everybody thought this would be over by that Christmas. Huh. Initial projections were that this conflict would be over by Christmas. And it was just getting started. It'd go on for another four years from here. It ended like wow. eighteen. But um, so just imagine being like you're just in one of these holes, you're getting shot at by people you don't understand and who don't understand you. Uh your buddy's foot just fell off. And you were told you're going to be home at Christmas. Oh, man. It's awful. Like, it's, yeah. And then, like, I mean, we we don't have, like, our, our modern medicine. And, like, and imagine in the field medics in 1914, could you, even at their best, I, could you imagine what they had to work with? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Morphine and, like, saws. If If morphine. If morphine. I can almost guarantee that probably ran out the first week. I mean, Ugh. yeah, they probably did not have nothing more than if they got resupplied, maybe like a tourniquet, some cotton. Yeah, because also, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Like It's not like uh, supplies are rolling in. Yeah. You got sent out there what you got sent out there with, and your supply guys are either on the other side of what you have to get to, or they just aren't coming. Yeah. It's it's hard times. I mean Yeah, just tourniquet and some cotton. That's like cuz there's no like, oh, here's an injection. I have can, some penicillin for you. Yeah, we can save your foot later. Instead it's, oh, your foot's starting to rot. Here's a tourniquet so that way you can take it off easier later. It's just there's Ah, good news there. I can save your foot in this pickle jar. <laughs> Thank God we, ha- we ran into that vinegar factory. <laughs> Take it home with you. So, so, so we, we kind of outlined the beginning of World War I. We got to what trench warfare is, what these guys yeah. are doing, what they had to go through. On both sides, too. This isn't just a, a British soldier or, you know, American soldier exclusive. Like, this is happening on the German side, too. And it's not like this is 
And it's not like they all wanted to be there either. I mean, same things kind of yeah. happened. Like, I don't obviously have as much perspective on that, but not all of them wanted to be there. You mm. know? Uh, they got volunteered just like everybody else did. So, yeah. In a slightly harsher language. It's more aggressive sounding. <laughs> even, at it, even at its some friendliest, German sounds pretty aggressive, at least to me. From I don't know why, but that's one of the reasons I like it. That's a great, I've tried to learn it. Yeah. It's a tough one, though. I can't, like, conjugating is tough. Oh. With the verb, I think verb last or something like that. And then, like, the chair has, like, the chair is either, like, masculine or feminine or neutral. Yeah. So, like, this, you know, Mr. Spoon or Mrs. Chair, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. At least to me. That's coming from the English as your first language background. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, because I'm sure other people looking at English, like, what the hell did you guys come up with literally everybody i've talked to uh that is that is you know picked up english or is working on it or they tell me like what is going on with this language yeah it's like the rest of the world uses like what is similar to german and like spanish and a couple others yeah the verb first thing or verb last thing and uh the conjugating but uh yeah english is just like nah spoon's a spoon yeah <laughs> it is good for cereal and rolled up skitty. <laughs> so um now we are getting into Christmas Day 1914. So 5 months of digging holes, getting shot at, having the worst day as the pope ever. <laughs> um so German Emperor William II sent Christmas trees or Tenenbaum to the front in effort to booster morale. Okay. And you got to think about like um another thing too like I'm trying to I would try to I was trying to put myself myself in the perspective of that. It's just like uh good news lads. <laughs> we are getting some supplies from the emperor himself. Oh, what is he giving us? Supplies, bullets, food, warmth, hot cocoa. We are getting Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine just like oh. just uh, oh that uh, helps. Is, is that all? Is there something underneath the Christmas trees? <laughs> something wrapped, perhaps? Something edible? <laughs> something. We light them on fire. <laughs> no, just the Christmas trees. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's from the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I was just thinking about that and like. He sent us a picture high-fiving a turkey. <laughs> Did you hear the Americans potted one today? <laughs> but, <laughs> um, like, you kind of think, especially on, I think it's the Britain side, you said, that they thought they were going to be home by right. Christmas. And, yeah, so they're like, here's a Christmas tree, a constant reminder that you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we kind of flubbed that first promise here's a christmas tree though no ornaments <laughs> that's dangerous hans look it comes with a note <laughs> it says we are very very sorry <laughs> here are some christmas trees here's some einten maybe next christmas maybe next time <laughs> xo xo <laughs> signs the emperor <laughs> and another picture of him high-fiving that turkey what's the 
what's the German uh uh Christmas uh character? Uh which one? Like uh there's uh Krampus. Yes, Krampus. Yeah. Well, I mean he's he, I don't he's not exclusively German, but Oh really? He, he's he's not exclusively German, but he, he he's more celebrated over there. Like okay. they, they have like a festival dedicated to him. Okay. It's horrifying to look at. That's amazing. I mean, it would be fun to see, but like old timey pictures, like you know, like old old costumes are pretty scary. Yeah. It's like, oh, this clown smiling. And it's like, oh, not my dreams. But um they have like uh like the costumes they would wear because there's a lot of like wicker and like thicket branches and things like yeah. that. So it looks like old witches and things like that running around. Yeah, dressing as Krampus to uh American you know, Christmas party in today's time isn't the best idea. I don't think a lot of people would get the reference. The cool people will, and that's who you go talk to. Yeah. I'm hoping there's, uh, for the next year, I'm hoping, next year's Christmas special, I'm hoping there's some, there's some Krampus songs. Ah. I, I, I want to look into that because uh, I'm very fascinated by that character. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, very excited and slightly bummed out German soldiers open crates of Christmas trees. Uh, so this happened on, uh, this, this happened like, let's say like December 22nd, December 23rd. Okay. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry to mislead. So that's December 23rd, they get the Christmas trees. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> just a thought actually real quick that the guy is running supplies. <laughs> It's it's kind of like a, a a a Smokey and the Bandit situation, but they're German soldiers having like <laughs> we got to get we got an important load to get what is it uh, eastbound and down load them up and truck it. <laughs> one of them's the snowman, one of them's the bandit. It's like oh, this is very important packages. We have to get to the front lines, and they open it, and it's like Christmas tree. I can just picture whoever is immediately underneath the guy who made that decision. It's like, write this down. We need to deliver our soldiers something. Oh, okay, I get I get out a newspaper and pad. What? Uh, a Christmas tree? Uh, da. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. As he were. That, that that's all. That's all. Just 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 the Christmas tree. Uh, maybe some beer. They, no, no, that's it. They may want more than that. Don't question me. Don't question me. <laughs> get get Einten and bomb. <laughs> so just those dudes risking their lives getting Christmas yeah. trees to the front lines. Imagine that they didn't know what they had. They like <laughs> Oh guess, no. Guess around, boys. We have brought some mother load of Oh God. Oh <laughs> just like, oh. Just like <laughs> Then nobody else. And all the soldiers are kind of like getting close together, like, oh, it's Hans. Everybody's named Hans. <laughs> I swear I didn't know. You look like Santa. <laughs> Guess what? It's going to be turkey or warm beer or oh. It's gonna just opens a cake. Oh. Oh no. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. This is lame. <laughs> <laughs> How did the rest of the soldiers look upon that poor chap who delivered that crate? They're like, gather around. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, no. 
slight miscalculation. You know, I must have grabbed the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> this is some. There cr- might be another. I'll go check. This is some Christmas tree lot. <laughs> Opens up. It's like, oh, what are all these bullets and food for? <laughs> <laughs> It's a bunch of crates of beer and the emperor high-fiving a turkey. I don't understand. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, apparently that's what the guy thought just to send. He sent them trees. I mean, but they were appreciated. I mean, we're, we're cracking our jokes here. Yeah. Because uh, we just got done talking about your feet rotting off. But, um, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My brain went to like uh, just the German soldiers calling one of their guys like twinkle toes. Because <laughs> he doesn't have any toes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I can see how like um, it was to it was it was specifically to bolster morale. It was like to yeah. be like a hey, it's Christmas time. You're not coming home, but we can bring a little home to you. And this what was, about our fives? How about that? See, the crate got lost, and <laughs> um, so they would start putting these trees up. You know, like they would just start decorating them and you know planting them, like and decorating them around the twenty third. And uh, so, remember, we can get as close as thirty yards with our, you know, our two parallel lines yeah. here. Uh, but there, whatever was in between the two lines, uh, you know, the two lines of trenches was called no man's land. Yeah. Because that's just like a meat grinder getting from A to B. And even if you got to B, you know, it's just full of hornets. Congrats. Right? You're now Cong- in the enemy's trench. Congrats. You are now pincushioned. Yeah. So, so the German soldiers, uh, you know, leading up to Christmas would start singing Christmas carols. Mm. Uh, they would start singing Silent Night. Okay. It was one of the biggest ones they, they would hear. And because they were so close, the British would, uh, you know, they would kind of like start responding and it would be like a who can outdo the other one type thing. Okay. I mean, you can't, I mean, imagine like just, I can't imagine the mindset of like, I mean, one, I mean, those people are tra- just tried to kill you hours before, you know, in the, in the, the previous day. But I imagine just like missing home in your you know tr- your cr- your traditional christmas and things like yeah. that, your families all that so bad that you're willing to sing christmas carols yeah you know essentially with the people who are trying to kill you yeah imagine missing something that much i don't i can't say i have you know that's crazy i mean i've missed stuff but to that level yeah no know? um so later that night, the various sides would take up singing Christmas carols and ballads in French, English, and German. And they would, like I said, they would start competing and they even like, I guess, um, I mean, who knows what they brought with them, but they, in some stories, they say they had instruments even. So wow. they were the, like brass instruments. Like imagine there's like a uh, bugle horns and things like that. Imagine you're pretty good at playing a bugle horn if you've got nothing to do but sit in a trench all day. Yeah. Um, and then I saw one picture of a, of a German soldier with an accordion. Wow. I mean, that's, that's shippable. I mean, yeah, I don't think there was as many regulations as with the things you, you carried back in that point. Yeah. Besides like your gun and your uniform, I think it was just about free game. I think that's, I'm, I don't just know. Just don't forget your weapon. Yeah. 
um, so they would like start they would start competing in some of these places in the Western Fronts. Remember, they're not all connected. Okay, these are all like some of them are isolated incidents, um, but like they're close enough to kind of like correspond with some of them. But this is this thing is happening in a lot of different places with people that of in sections that other people don't necessarily know it's happening. Like Squad A of British troop doesn't know that Squad B of British troop is doing this with the A and B oh. of the German side. Wow. So Squad A of British troop doesn't necessarily know what Squad B of British troop is doing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because they're like miles away. You know, some of that 475 miles, you know, they're just, you know, cross the horizon to them sometimes. Yeah. So this this mutual camaraderie is happening in a bunch of places as isolated, a bunch of isolated incidents are happening at the same time. Wow. The camaraderie, like Christmas is that important to a lot of individual people that individually, this is kind of going on, which is already crazy. Yeah. If you like, then this goes even further than this, but this is already crazy that German and, and British soldiers are singing Christmas carols at night, shooting at each other during the day and singing Christmas carols at night. Oh, look, Hans, they started singing Christmas carols. Let's peek over and look. Ah! Yeah, it's not a... It's not so silent. <laughs> Good night, sweet prince. Um, so on by Christmas Eve, so this had been going on for a couple days. So by Christmas Eve, the lower-ranking British officers had begun to order their men not to fire unless fired upon. Wow. Which is a pretty big thing. Uh, this policy became known as live and let live. Huh. And this is not sanctioned by upper command by the Hui, which is an important thing, to, which is important for later. Okay. These are, these are the boots on the ground commanders with their, sold, with their troops, like yeah. the captains and lieutenants. Uh, yeah, the captains and lieutenants and things like that. These are the lower ranking British officers in the field. This isn't coming from the general. Yeah. These are British officers making a pretty ballsy move saying, Hey, we're near Christmas. If they don't shoot at you, don't fire back. Wow. Like this as like an act of kindness, you know? Yeah. Uh, and just like a, a, like, you know, what is my, you know, my three star general going to come out here and berate me from his office, you know? Yeah. Come get me. I dare you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, some more kind of miraculous things that happen. So we've got carols happening. We've got some camaraderie already building up from a distance. We've got the British side going, do not shoot if you don't get shot upon. You know, let's, let's attempt to have like a quiet Christmas because that's ultimately what they want is they want a quiet Christmas, at least on kind of individually, but they don't know that about each other yet. You know, okay. as far as they know, they're just singing Christmas carols. They haven't interacted yet other than from a distance. Yeah. And I also, in one of the videos I watched, they would talk about, like, uh, they said that they would, um, from these distances, they would, like, would, like, basically trash talk. So before this would take place, uh, you know, they would trash talk from the enemy lines because they could just, I mean, that's how close we're talking. Wow. It's just, like, really, really close uh, combat. Yeah. And so you could be, you know, 30 yards from a guy for weeks. And then just be trash talking and then just like the wrong moment of popping your head out. You finally get owned, you know? Yeah. So some more kind of miraculous things happen. We've got Christmas carols going on. British soldiers kind of taking things into their own hands or uh, officers taking things in their own hands. December 25th, 
there was the harsh rain that had lasted for days. So 40 degree weather, rain, and marshy, wet ground. Uh, the rain finally lets up and turns into the like, like the beginning to like snow. Wow. I don't think it had snowed there quite yet, <clears throat> which snow presents its own problems. But yeah. I mean, for them, it's not rain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that morning, French and German soldiers emerged from their trenches and um, they would meet on both sides. Like, a, and there's, there's conflicting things about the French. So I'm, I'm going to say German because we're going to learn more about the French later on. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say, from what I can verify, it was definitely the German soldiers that kind of began what we're going to get into. Like, stepping over the lines, emerge from their trenches, arms up, uh, like demonstrating, you know, it's a peaceful thing. Yeah. So they didn't have their guns in their hands. They had, they had champagne in like one hand and cigarettes in the other. Wow. Christmas day. Right. So not a lot of British soldiers knew German, but a lot of Germans spoke multiple languages. Okay. And, and I've, I've seen that with like other places like, uh, I mean, America's pretty big. So, there's not many languages like we have to learn. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, but in like Germany, they neighbor with so many different people. That's true. I haven't thought about that. They would need to be able to communicate, you know, with all the people around them, especially. There's a lot of people that in Europe that like being bilingual isn't such a thing. It's, it's more of a common thing, I should say. Yeah. So the, uh, the Germans would, you know, knew enough English, you know, uh, to speak to the British and like kind of like let them know what their intentions were, which was you know Christmas. Let's not you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of these German soldiers had actually worked in Britain before the war. Wow. You got to remember that too. Before this was World War, you know World War One bullshit. Uh, you know Germany and Britain did business together, and you had people who had like long distance jobs. Yeah. You had British guys working in Germany and German people working in Britain. You know, it's just what their jobs were like ad, you know, an advertising guy that has to drive out to Britain every, you know, other week or something like that is now being wow. told he has to shoot at these other British guys. That's crazy. Yeah. That's something else that put in perspective for me when I was reading this. I was like, oh, yeah. Germans didn't pop into existence, you know, at World War One. They yeah, like Europe didn't just exist at World War One. Like they well, have their things going on. The world needed an enemy. And so immediately they just spawned Germany yeah, 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 to be yeah. the bad guy for this for two world wars. And thus Hans Gruber was born. <laughs> Die hard. Hitler. Played Hitler. by a British guy. Yeah. He wasn't very good as a German. No. He was an excellent bag. I'm not saying Alan Rickman was bad. He was incredible in that role. But I never really thought he was German. Yeah, no, I didn't get that the first time watching the movie. No, I thought he was like weirdly British. Like it was some weird British situation. Yeah, I just thought it was Alan Rickman. I thought it was like, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Where are the detonators? McLean. Voice. Um. So also, one of the things that helped was there. Have you ever heard of Saxons? Yes. Uh, so they're kind of like a middle between german and british yeah kind of uh country and people and saxon troops i believe were on the german side but both britain and germany really liked saxons 
and okay. the Saxons could speak both as well. Yeah. So um, a lot of these, like, true, a lot of the Saxons were like um, credited. Basically, Britain and Germany could both vouch uh, for the Saxons. Okay, if that makes sense. Like, they, yeah. they were friendly to both of them. So seeing that those troops like get along, like it's like, oh well, the Saxons like them, so maybe they're okay. You know it's like I mean? your common uh like mutual friend yes. that everyone likes. Yes, and it's just it's like, like if they don't show up to the party, it's just like, oh, Kevin's not here. I don't know any of these people. Yeah. God, I only came because Kevin was here. <laughs> you know? So that's the Saxons were kind of like the mutual friend to both areas. Yeah. And the truce, the Christmas truce, like I was saying, doesn't have like it's happening in a lot of places at once, and it was the most successful where there were Saxon soldiers. Wow! Like the, okay, the math tends to be that way. Not a hundred percent, any obviously all everywhere, but mostly successful when you when you've got those troops there. Hmm. Um, when it became clear that the, that they were not carrying weapons, the British soldiers soon joined them, meeting them in no man's land to exchange gifts. Wow. So now we're completely out of the trenches. The Germans have imagine being the first dude. Like, you know, the level of trust, the level of trust and I'm surprised uh he's not a hunchback from the weight of his brass balls. Yeah. Uh to cross, you know, because this is that is just a valley of death for 5 months. If they lasted that long. Imagine how yeah. many guys started in like 1914 and made it to that point. Oh, you know what I mean? Like being there the whole time and not just get like picked off and like just, you know, fresh troops like cycled in. Yeah. How many of them were there the whole time? I mean, I would be interested in seeing that number and I imagine it wasn't a lot. Yeah. It's probably shockingly low. Yes. Millions were dead in the first five months. Yeah. Um, so uh, imagine, imagine being that first guy to go, you know what? I'm going over there. I'm taking my champagne and my cigarettes, and I'm going <laughs> over there. I'm going to say hello. Hans, you can't. It is a neighborly thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas. What could happen? Yeah, that's, man, that's, that, yeah, that takes some balls. It I does. mean, uh, just, I can't imagine. So, you know, just, and just like these dudes, the British dudes, for all you know, actively want you dead because that's yeah. all they've been trying to do for months. And by your country, that's all you've been told. Right. Like, I'm sure they didn't get into details of why they're starting this war. It's just, hey, get in the truck. You know? Exactly. Well, here's your briefing. First, it all started. <laughs> You know, here's your here's uh, uh, Johnny. Here's your briefing. Uh, the Germans are bad. The end. The end. Yes. Get to work. Um. So, some of the things I could find out that they were exchanged were like chocolate, tobacco. Some like they would show each other photos of their families, and like rum. Apparently, they had that on their front line. Yeah. Um. Good choices. Good choices. I can only imagine like. You have to imagine like December twenty sixth. Yeah, uh, you know, and some of these places it would be that soon, like December twenty sixth, maybe even like half the day. Like talking like the day after, going right back at it, going right back at it, knowing like 
I actively know that person I'm shooting at. He showed me a picture of his family. I have seen his kids. I, I couldn't do it. And then go right back to it. No. And then be expected to go right back to it. You know? That's pretty, it's brutal. It's even more brutal, like even after this. I mean, there's a moment, this is an incredible moment of humanity, but the things we force each other to do. Exactly. I was just thinking, like, the possibility, I don't even think it, it is a, like, possible option of just, when meeting in the middle, of being like, hey, Hey guys, what if we both just say no? What if we're both like we're we're not going to we're not going to fight today. We're not going to do it. Let's just go home. And that's not that's not an option. It would just take for that to work the amount of people that would have to be on board would have to be astronomical. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise it's like a handful of guys that's the number would be persecutable and then you just become home a traitor. Yeah everybody would have to be on board and i'm not saying that i'm against that because i think that would be great but it's just um these these officers on both sides both sides by the way british and german petty officers yeah are making these kind of calls i mean we have the accounts of the british guys saying hey don't fire unless you're fired upon but the german guys brought over champagne and cigarettes yeah so i mean somebody over there said hey i I can't shoot a dude. I can't shoot somebody on Christmas. I don't. I'm yeah. not going to. I don't care how heavy that guy's shirt is with brass. I don't give two shits. Like I'm not shooting somebody on Christmas. Yeah, that's happening on both sides, and that's very commendable. I think. Yeah, definitely. I I couldn't go back to it. I couldn't. No, it'd be, and, and you have to. You have to, or someone there's there's either the gun in front of you, or there's the gun behind you. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's brutal. Uh, just something to keep in perspective of what these people went through in 1914. Yeah. Um, and to be thankful, you know, that we're, it, it worked the way, I mean, for us that worked the way it did, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm glad it's not 1914. Uh, no, I think we're in a little bit better of a time. A tad, a smidgen. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Um, so, before um so the way the reason a lot of this got to happen is because upper command never thought this could happen right mm. so it's like a rule excuse me have you ever heard of like uh seen the meme where it's like uh you know somebody smiling and it's like when there's a safety meeting at work the next week and you're the reason for the safety meeting yeah so yeah. like there, there was no there was no this had never happened before ergo there was no rules for it because they never thought they would have to come up with a rule for hey don't fraternize with the enemy yeah you know what i mean there were no signs posted there would be <laughs> but uh but yeah in this case like they uh, you know they never knew to do that so there was never the clause to say hey maybe you don't take pictures of the trenches hey maybe you don't include detailed uh experiences in your letters back home hey maybe you don't include those letters and photos together yeah. mailed back to your loved ones back home. And that's how, that's honestly the only way they proved this happened. Wow. Um, because this is already an incredible story. And for a minute there, I was like, man, this is a little, this is a little hallmarky for me, you know? Uh, yeah. For a minute, for a minute. I'm not a, a pessimist, but I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. I've seen some pretty bad hallmark movies before. 
And then, no, they're just pictures. There's tons of pictures, tons of documentation in German and English of this happening. Wow. And it's because these guys sent this stuff back home going like, uh, it's like, <laughs> my dearest Clementine, you would not believe what happened to me this morning. <laughs> Played football with a German, the same German shooting at me for five months. And um, then shooting at me for five months more. Five months more until I killed him. Uh, so these letters would describe that they drank together. They played a friendly soccer, a bunch of friendly soccer matches. Wow. And the one of the videos I saw, the guy was saying that the British didn't have a soccer ball. It's not like they would have brought that with well, football. I'm sorry. Yeah. For the uh, football, football, the proper name for soccer. Um, you know, they didn't have like one of these like soccer or footballs on hand. They said it just appeared from like the German side. Like, I guess they just had it with them. And as they, you do in Germany, I suppose. And, um, the soldier describing the, you know, the soldier that was there describing it uh, in the interview was saying that it wasn't really so much as like a game as a friendly game of like, he called it like a kickabout. He was like, oh, you just kick it to one guy and they kick it to the next. It wasn't really like a match per se. So there's not even like, yeah. there's not even like teams forming for soccer. Yeah, no, either. It's, it's not even like shirts and skins. No, it's, it's not even like, not even metaphorical competition you know not it's yeah just, it's just they're literally let's play just together like, let's play exactly yeah let's just play and like tossing a ball around with your dog yeah just so, like let's just just or your play. buddy yeah you know playing catch or something um so they would also use this time to bury each other's dead too wow and british and german soldiers would help each other in some cases bury the other ones like they germans would help bury, bury the british that's got to be silent. Uh, yeah, you, you, I you can't be like, oh, sorry. I'm terribly sorry, shot Franz. Yeah, I mean, like, that's no hard gotta, feelings. I know. Yes. There's <laughs> got to be a lot of awkward silence. You imagine. Yeah. But almost like if you're, I mean, if you're really looking at the situation as a person, like, I can only imagine them looking at the situation as like, they're the same spot I am. Like they're yeah. they're not the the heavy shirt guy with the, all the brass in, in the office, high fiving a turkey. Yeah, um, it's just it's just me speaking a different language on the other side, shooting at somebody like me. Yeah, you know you can't. They're just following orders. I guess I'm trying to say it's 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 not like they have. I I imagine not as many of them had hard feelings towards each other as you might imagine, other than just like following yeah. orders. Yeah, but it's that that knowing handshake when it's all said and done going back to your sides you know yeah uh what was that from princess bride it was like ah likely kill you in the morning <laughs> good morning how are you feeling likely kill you in the morning uh quite great quote from that movie but um they would also some of them would use this time to like refortify yeah i mean you can't really blame them either all they're just trying to do is live Definitely. I mean, both sides. Both sides. I can't imagine like you're not getting shot at for two minutes, you know, just a day, sometimes a couple days. And it's like, well, I'm going to replace the bags because maybe placing that bag will help me get home. Yeah. You know? Uh, so the truces would, would go on for different lengths depending on where they happened. 
So on the Western front, they would go for, I, and one interview said as, as short as half a day. Wow. Uh, which is, our, it's incredible. That's incredible already. It would go for all of Christmas Day. Some of them lasted up to a week. Wow. And I wonder, I can't imagine like the awkward moments of it slowly ramping back up because I imagine it's not an immediate thing. Yeah. I imagine it's just kind of like a slow build to the grind, you know, the meat grinder that the war would be. Something like that has never happened again. Wow. And it only happened the once because they never thought it could happen. Like I said, it's, there was no rules for it. A lot of like ballsy petty officers taking things into their own hands and um, making a judgment call, which I think they made the right one. Yeah. The higher ups being like, well, never, never sending them trees again. <laughs> <laughs> they misinterpreted the trees. I told you, Gertrude, it was the wrong message to send. <laughs> Uh, the picture would have been way better. It was me high-fiving a freshly cooked turkey. <laughs> it left a handprint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so obviously these pictures, these are personal pictures. Like, take, There's no reporters there. Real, uh, well, wow. it might have been. Yeah. But a lot of the photos I know that get used are ones from personal cameras that get brought. And... Um, these make it to like the newspapers and places that I think if you were in the military as a general, you probably didn't want this to get. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Cause there's a certain image that needed to be portrayed on both sides. And one of the interviews I was watching was a historian talking about um, that there's a certain amount of, I mean, hatred you have to have for the other side and a certain image you have to keep up to keep a war going and keep people motivated for war. You know, that is your enemy. That is who you're going to, you know, you need to attack those people. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. And then yeah. you see them playing soccer and drinking wine together or champagne, you know, champagne together and, you know, swapping family stories. It, it, it kind of dampers that image. Yeah. You know, it shows the influence that uh, media can have on things. Both good, literally both good and bad. So, uh, this is not perceived it's kind of like Rotten Tomatoes, if you look at it that way. It's, yeah. You've got your people score, and then you've got your critics score. Yeah. The critics being the government, and then the people still being the people. Yeah. The people love it. And a little bit confuses a lot of people. Like, because now it's like your eyes get opened up a little bit going to, oh, yeah, it's not so black and white, is it? No. Those are people we're shooting at. Not just, you know, quote, unquote, Germans. They're. People with lives, hobbies, favorite foods, favorite colors, yeah. you know, families, they're people. And, oh, they celebrate Christmas too. You know, yeah. I celebrate Christmas. It confuses a lot of people. In Britain, it gets celebrated uh, quite a bit. Um, it's a bigger thing over there. In Germany, um, not as It is probably, I mean, we don't really do anything with it in America. Yeah. We, I, I mean, we weren't necessarily involved. I think we should do like a show, a special about it or something yearly. Yeah. But um, in Germany, they, they don't talk about it as much, but it's a, it's a pretty big deal in uh, Britain from what I could see. Huh. Kind of like acknowledging such a, it's a, an amazing moment. So responses to the truce, kind of getting into the, uh, the rotten, you know, the critics score. Yeah. Side of things. Surprise, 
surprise, surprise. Adolf Hitler is not a big fan. Really? Of the Christmas truce of 1940. Uh. Um, so he's not, uh, I believe he is a failed painter at this point. Huh. Uh, I love that about him. Angsty. I love that. Yeah, he would be. He would be. Pretty angsty, Adolf. He's that guy at, uh, or person rather, at uh, Hot Topic. Not Hot Topic, sorry. The person at uh, Panera not, or Panera or Starbucks that's taken up a whole table. <laughs> Uh, and has like, I mean, I had sketchbooks at like Starbucks, but they weren't like all over the place. Yeah. There was one guy I saw, there was a guy I saw at Starbucks uh, with a typewriter. Oh. Brought his typewriter. Nice. I've never wanted to swipe anything off a desk. <laughs> he brought a typewriter and a portable vinyl record player. Wow. And a like satchel of vinyl. My man, it's called spotify yeah or pandora or apple or at your house or at your house not i understand wanting to draw or create in a new place i totally yeah. get it seeing new scenery opens up your mind in new ways but put in some headphones put in some headphones and like i mean this thing took up like half the bench next to him like his bag oh, was draped geez. over it it was his bright red thing it was on the table you know, like his typewriter was on the table and he was just just going to town. And it's just like he was just basically all he was saying without saying it was, I'm a writer. Do you notice that I'm writing? Witness. Witness. My greatness. Remember me. What is this? Oh, this is uh this is a Beatles album you've never heard of. Oh, <laughs> I found it. Yeah. I bid for it on douchebag.com. <laughs> it's a it's one of the Beatles, Beatles demo albums. Oh, so it's, a demo. it's a demo. It's actually recorded uh, through a Sprite can. Tunnel. <laughs> but you wouldn't know that. Not that you would know. Not that you would know. And he had a twirly mustache, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. So that's why I picture Hitler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I picture Hitler with a, with a worse mustache as just like this like failed shitty artist. Just like. I can I can see him at like Starbucks. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> do you, I mean, I'm I'm totally not painting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally not painting here. Just it, it's just it's just uh it's just a fresco, really. But I just you know, <laughs> I'm more of a palette knife person for today. I decided to use brushes. You know what I mean? I'm not painting. <laughs> I don't want you to look at it. It's just the mid-century realism. <laughs> oh please, God, look at it. Oh please God! I just want to go to art school. <laughs> so I think our I think he's he's past his uh, coffee house days, and uh, he is a dispatch runner at the time. Oh, I'm not quite sure exactly what that is. I'm no me neither. It involves dispatches and running. Ah, oh, yes, the dispatch runner. Yes, yes. Now what I'm picturing him is in like a yellow and green jumpsuit from like the Running Man. <laughs> Gonna run from some dude with electric mohawk. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I'd watch that movie. Uh, he didn't approve of the truce. Uh, one of the quotes he's believed to have said was, "Such a thing should not happen in wartime." Uh, you have have you no sense of German honor? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, eh. Oh, time to flip the album to side B. <laughs> 
Ah, these needles. Yeah, they're vintage. Yeah, so this was only possible thanks to the junior officers on both sides. Uh, the generals were obviously were pissed on both sides. Okay. And yeah. would make sure something like this would never happen again. But they didn't course marshal those, those officers on either side that, that we're aware of. Nice. Which I think is also really important because um, it's important that it was such a big hit. Yeah. I think it's important that like the people liked this so much. Like they, they liked seeing this camaraderie happen um, to some degree on both sides, especially in Britain, but you know, in Germany as well that uh, I think to persecute these officers and it get out would be oh. very, very bad. News. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Where it's like, okay, all right. You know, pick your battles literally. And then it's like, all right, well, this just can't ever happen again. Yeah. So I imagine some people were put on like janitor duty, <laughs> but uh, I don't, they were never officially like, no one got to, none of these officers got sent to jail or anything for this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this would never happen again. And any, and not, not alone, not, not just alone in World War One, ever again. Like, and it's not been repeated since. Wow. So it's, it, it could only happen because of the novelty of it happening, you know? Yeah. Of how, of how, of how, just how crazy this was. But, uh, both, you know, future leaders would be kind of prepared for something like this. And like, they would even have, they, like you said, put signs up. They would put signs up. Wow. Uh, like keep to the trenches or something like that. Like there's official orders. It's like, Hey, maybe don't do that or you will get court martialed this time. Now that there's a rule for it. Yeah. So crazy though. Yeah. I just thought it's, I uh, just reading it and like seeing like the initial, like a uh, post of it, uh, initial bits of information on it. Um, I kind of thought like there was a chance because I have to walk into a lot of like crazy things like this with the mindset of like, this could be fake. Okay. Yeah. Just so I don't, just so that when I, you know, you know, do the, go into the research and then like we, you know, we go to record and we present this information with not, you know, unfactual or like misinterpreting the information. Like I don't want to get it that wrong, you know? And if it is fake and it's just an interesting story, being able to label it as such, like going back to the Elvis thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously all that's horseshit, but it's a fun story. Yeah, and as long as you say it's horseshit from the beginning, but let's go on this ride together. Yeah, you know, which is going to be a lot of the crazy episodes we have. I'm excited for those. I like those still. Um, so Dakota, our uh, social media manager, uh, presented me with this story. Uh, basically, it was uh, it was presented as the song that uh, they call it like the song that ended World War. You know, that was it the song that ended the war, but it's not really. Yeah, it's kind of an over exaggeration. When I got into the more, like when I did the research, this is how it was presented. That's not what she called it. That's just what the article had. It was just a very mis, yeah. miswording. Um, still led to a great thing, but uh, it's more like you can kind of like get the, the feel of it when it's not such a big general topic when you narrow it down to like even just to have Christmas off for the war and it'd be decided yeah. on by both sides. You know, that's, 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 that's incredible to me. Yeah. Even if they just stayed on their own sides yeah, just the entire time and just you know took a break, that would still be monumental. Yeah, there was a story of um, 
Yes, yes. Sorry, it was an inter- it was another interview uh, that there was another German, uh, another British soldier talking about how like on this one side, you know, this is where the truth was at least half acknowledged. Um, because we also need to talk about how confused you might be. Yeah, I mean, you've been doing nothing but trying to kill these people on the other side for five months, and then suddenly they're like, "Hey, champagne." <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? So, Christmas tree. Yeah, uh, have have some Tenenbaum. <laughs> bombs um no 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 ten bomb you have 10 bombs <laughs> um so i mean there are just some places where it's stuck and some people and some people were able to read the situation correctly and then there's other situations where it's like uh they said this british soldier said that um he would see in the lines like all these like lights lit up that were like like allegedly christmas trees and wow. uh, soldiers would try to like you know say you know stop shooting or something like that or like hey you know trying to initiate the peace and uh or the the truce and then like the officers going uh i don't know what they're doing but shoot wow so uh and they said for like that night there was no return fire from the germans that's crazy so even if they were going to get shot at uh they weren't shooting back for christmas and wow. the the soldier acknowledged, and he's like, we, we just read the situation wrong. And he's like, what do you do? You know, we're like, some of us are 15 years old, 16 years old. And wow. just your officer says, shoot. And he's like, that's what you're trained to do. Yeah. So he's just like, you know, I just wish we had done it that way. But um, they were so used to being shot at at that point that the Germans, I mean, obviously there's bullets ricocheting off everywhere, but they were used to it enough to like not shoot back and still do Christmas. Wow. That's dedication. Yeah. That's wholesome. It is really wholesome. Um, so there's a couple um, to kind of wind down here. Uh, and other media, I found a couple things. Uh, some information I was able to pull from was a uh, article about uh, Peter Rothstein. I... If it's S T E I N, I believe it's Stein. Yeah, I think so. I think it's I E N is Steen. Yes, I believe that's how it is. So Peter Rothstein, Steen, Steen, one of those, one of those. Uh, Rothstein, let's go with that. Uh, created "All Is Calm: The Christmas Truce of 1914," which is like a. I, it's not Broadway, but it's a show. It's a musical retelling of that night. Yeah, specifically. That's crazy. And he had a lot of he had a lot of information that kind of like condensed a lot of things for me because I had to dig through this World War One is dense. It involves so and you can imagine it involves so many places. There's so much information to yeah. dig through. I highly encourage you to uh if you're if at all interested in history to put on a, a history podcast or something or book, read through it. Just it, there's so much, so many parts to how that happened and kind of like ending on a more fun note um it's already pretty fulsome but let's let's end on a yeah on some swedish heavy metal oh um have you ever heard of the band sabaton i have not s-a-b-a-t-o-n um they have a song and really really well-made music video for uh the song called christmas truce huh uh, the video is eight minutes, but the song itself is probably like five. 
Okay. Because uh, there's like a little bit of like a, a prelude uh, beginning to the music video that's not musical. It's just kind of like a, it's kind of like yeah. a little short film. Yeah. You've got like your intro to the short film, the song, and then kind of like an outro with the credits because there's a lot. This is, it's an impressive music video. Like they, and it's got a lot of views because it should because it, it's movie quality production. Wow. Really good. It looks really, costuming's incredible alone. Uh, and the song's really good. And it's, and it really kind of like it, it sums up everything we kind of went through, um, like the situation that they were in specifically about the Christmas truce. Um, it really just kind of sums it up in a Swedish heavy metal-y kind of way. Hell yeah. I don't think I've ever heard Swedish heavy metal. Uh, you probably, I'm you, down. I, I can't really go through names at the moment that I, I'm kind of blanking right now, but, uh, I've heard a couple Sabaton songs. Uh, yeah. the, oh man. There's a song about a, a British boat, actually. There's a lot of songs about history with them. Huh. I like them for it. It's like the yeah. Bismarck. On, uh, Bismarck. Uh, the Queen's Marine, something like that. It's a really good, it's actually a really, really good song. I'll play it for you later. Uh, they got everything right in the video. To, oh, like, you know, as right it, as a music yeah. video is going to be. They got everything down to the football. Wow. Football. Like, it's pretty good. It's um one of the guys looks like maddie matheson though the cook if you know who that is no uh, he's the guitarist he's an incredible guitar player but i looked at him and i and maddie madison's just this really like loud uh um super loud animated cook and he, yeah he's uh he makes all kinds of like good stuff but he's he's a lot he's a strong personality if you uh if you see him but he's very entertaining but the one this guy looks is a dead ringer for him but with better hair yeah um so <clears throat> excuse me that's about what i have for that so what do you think i thought it was nice fun. that's awesome i mean uh it started off pretty grim yeah it did i mean world war one but it's not really yeah much. there you can't you can try and sparkle it up as much as you can but it doesn't get a lot a lot more a lot better than that it's is pretty dark time and that is that is very wholesome what happened yeah i i wish that that could happen again but i just know it's not yeah i just um yeah because especially with like how good at uh media it is at pissing people off yeah and how people are portrayed i mean just imagine in our in our current situation how the enemy is portrayed it's pretty bad yeah it's very bad and that's not it's that is like the far side of the radicals of people that we get to see on TV and not the people that's just like, Hey, I go to work in the morning, you know, you know, the I've, people that's not what they're like. Yeah. I've actually gone back and watched some, uh, it, some of them are hard to find, but it's old propaganda videos. Yeah. From like world war two. Oh, they're bad. Yeah. They're very bad. They're very blatant though as well. I feel like, Oh, there's nothing stopping them. There's no, yeah. There's no like, uh, hey, these are for children. You shouldn't make it like that. But I'm like, in today's time, think about how subliminal they could make that. You know, at least they were out in the open with it. You know, yeah, back in the day. But nowadays, it's like they have subliminal advertising in everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now you watch a commercial, and you're like, what ice cream? Yeah, I don't exactly. Know why. <laughs> like that was a it was a Chevy Silverado ad. Now I want ice cream. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm broken as a person. <laughs> But yeah, no, I was uh, it was very nice to find out that this actually happened. 
Yeah. Uh, I brought it up to my grandmother too, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember them talking about that." Yeah, it's a very nice rumor, but it's also an even better true story. Better true story, yeah. That this like for sure happened. There's picture evidence. You know, uh, it's it's nice. This was a nice thing to find out that was real, and it started with, you know, and when we get to ours part of the story, like it mainly happens because of Christmas carols. Yeah, the importance of Christmas caroling is kind of what gave us one of the coolest moments of World War One. So if you ever just want to be really friendly to your neighbor, just go stand in their front yard lawn. Stand about 30 and, yards away. And scream, scream Silent Night. Scream Silent Night in German at their house. And I'm sure that they'll just, the smile on their face Harry, couldn't be bigger. I think he's trying to summon a demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. I don't know what he's saying. It sounds backwards. <laughs> no, I, I, I do want to mention Germans, we love you. You're awesome. This is all just in fun. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This is uh, this is more of a commentary on the uh, upper brass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rather than uh, the average, I would average folk. I would very much love to go to Germany. It's on my list. Yeah, it's on my list. Uh, a, a good dark beer. Oh right yes, after. definitely. Having Guinness right now, as a matter of fact. Ah, actually. Ran out of Guinness. <laughs> and my computer is also making noise. So um, that pretty much concludes our first ever Christmas special. I want to thank wholesome, you. pretty wholesome. Got uh, it. Got grim, like any good story does, but it got picked up towards the end. Nice. Yes, yes. So I th- I thought this would be like a cool how carols saved Christmas. Yeah, brought Christmas to yeah. people who needed it more than anybody in the world at that time ah, that's very very true so um i want to thank everybody for listening also some really uh cool news for us is we hit over uh, uh, i think we're at 113 downloads hell yeah hell yeah and thanks for being that friend thanks for being that friend uh, that is that's a shirt yeah be that friend that's a button be that friend is is uh is, is gonna be it's coming it's, it's gonna happen so yeah, we're at 113 downloads. I want to thank everybody that's been listening. We have listeners literally all over the world. We yeah, had somebody from like the Netherlands. We had Morocco, Alaska. Spain. I see you out there. Uh, yeah, someone, some, some cold soul in Alaska right now. Um, we had a Russian listener. Um, it's it's cool, man. It's cool to say it's awesome. People yeah. all over the place, and I haven't been able to actually run ads yet. So this is all by word of mouth. Yeah, and people like uh, just showing it to their friends, which I can't. I can't thank you enough for doing. So, um, want to wish everybody a merry Christmas and happy holidays as well to all. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember to be that friend. Remember to be that friend. <laughs> Phantom Jukebox, be that friend. <laughs> so, our we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Again, please rate and review. Um, to some of the year, what was your favorite episode? Yeah, let me do that. What was your favorite episode? Um, I think mine so far is probably the Pink Floyd one. Yeah, I think that's going to be my my favorite one this year. You know, I actually did. I tr- I listened to it. Oh yeah, and watched it at the same time. What'd you come? I up gave with it a shot, what and you- uh, immediately off the bat, the beginning of the movie oh, yeah. when it's still in uh. You know, uh, what's sepia tone? Yeah. 
Um, there's I forget which song it is, but the choir when the tornado enters into the picture. It was gig in the sky, great gig in the sky. Yeah, the house is in the air, and the swell when of the chorus and the choir of when the house is being lifted up and swirling around. It just fits the moment so well. We have a believer, folks. We have a believer. We have a believer. I'm on the fence about it still. I need to, I need to watch it again. But I'll There's, watch it again. There are some moments where you're like, ah, okay. And, and then it get, grabs you right back. And then you rip another hit and you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I didn't see that before. Uh, uh, bring, bring it back. You buy a little too much cookie off at one time, and yeah. you're off the races. <laughs> so uh, we're available on, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, if you could rate and review us, that would mean the world to us. Follow us on Twitter, Phantom Jukebox underscore, on Facebook as uh, Phantom Jukebox, and on Instagram, the Phantom Jukebox Podcast. This is it for us for the year. Um, yes. To the end of the I mean, we'll be back in two weeks. but Yeah. But uh, I think um, I think I've got our next episode picked out. I've got a uh, a potential interdimensional wacky one for oh. it's there, there's a poll right now. There's like the there's a subliminal records one I kind of want to do, and then there's this like crazy interdimensional one. Okay, that's that's competing for uh, first podcast of 2022. Nice. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Either way, both are good, and they're both going to happen. So. And uh, oh yes, I want to go through the thank yous real quick. Can't get, I'm not gonna end this episode without it. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Joe. Been it's been awesome five episodes so far. Thank you, Ty. Thank you for doing all of the googling so I don't have to. <laughs> thank you for being that friend. You're welcome. The FBI have me on so many lists right now. <laughs> uh, I want to thank actual audio wizard Kenny Grooms for the incredible theme song. I cannot stop. I love it. Listening to it. It's love it. so it it's so much better than I could have ever have hoped. And I thought it was good before we sent it to him. Yeah. And he polished that thing till it shined. That was fun making too. The so high fun. fives yes. when recording. And you're like, will that work? I no, don't know. Then we listen to it. It does. Yeah. And it took so many different turns. Uh, but yeah. So Kenny Grooms being amazing. And I also want to thank Dakota Galvin for managing the social medias. Yes. Uh, a, a language I cannot interpret nope. or speak. Nope. So with that, I want to thank everybody again for listening. Looking forward to whatever that first episode of 2022 is going to be. And we're going to go crazy. I'm going to make sure it's a crazy one. Christmas, I was like, we're going to go wholesome. Oh, yeah. We're going to go wholesome. Uh, now it's time to bring it back into it, funky town. Now it's time to uh, put the blindfold on, let Jesus take the wheel, <laughs> and find out where Crazy Avenue takes us. Okay. Could be straight into a ditch, but it's going to be a fun ride. We'll, we'll get there together. Get there together. So again, thank you, everybody. You know, Please tune in next time. Tell your friends. And, and have, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Merry Christmas. Be Happy that holidays. friend. Be that friend. <laughs>